you know, for me is you want to test that nutrition weeks before, and then that week of race week, you know, you've got to be disciplined and focused on your diet and fuel, just as you would your training plan and looking and giving it the same amount of, of effort and focus. to bring something very valuable, especially summer's coming up. Summer's coming up. Yeah. It sneaked up on us. So how are you all busy high achievers all over the world? This is Coach Angela and I am Vinetta. And we also have Scott in the background right now. And we will introduce you to him in a short bit. But let me tell you what we're going to be talking about. And I'm going to share you my screen. So at least you got some good insights of what we're going to be talking about. All right. Well, today, today, we're going to be talking about five practical tips for a successful 70.3 distance or longer, like Ironman and beyond, <laughs> when expecting hot weather, okay? How to train and prepare for a hot 70.3 or longer so that you are not suffering on the run course. And actually, it's not really just 70.3. How do you even prepare for a hot race? Okay, especially because summer is coming up and some of the, uh, in some areas, they're already at 90s, high humidity, you know, it's not even summer yet. So today we're going to be talking about, let me just, uh, how to physically, nutritionally, and mentally prepare for a race, you know, it's going to be hot. What do you need to know about being comfortable and feeling strong on the run part of the race during, you know, when the sun is up, how to make sure you stay on track throughout the entire race and not get dehydrated. Yeah, I, I am very eager Who's to excited about this. about this one. Stephanie's joining us. Hi, Stephanie. James is joining us. Hi, James. Glad you could make it. So uh, so for those who are new in Ironman and Beyond, let's welcome them first. Yes. This is, especially if this is your first time to actually be joining us in this live training. Mm -hmm. We do this one on a weekly basis. We do our best to give value to everyone. So who's new here? Raise your hand. Feel free. Don't be shy. We want to greet you. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. All right. We'll see it in the comments. You can put it in any time. Yes. And uh, so do you all know how those new in this group, do you all know how to get help in this group? There's a lot of free training resources. You know, it comes to nutrition, training, about running. How do you structure your, you know, your training, you know, if you're training for Ironman. So several different things. So Raise your hands, you know, like if you're new in this group, I want to welcome you all and uh, who have uh, upcoming races. You guys yes. are all excited about it. How are you preparing? What races? Is it an Olympic? Is it a sprint? A super sprint? Yeah, put down below. And we want to know about the races, especially I know there's several 70.3 coming up, Oregon 70.3. There's the Colorado coming up. There's also uh, different, you know, like Olympic in your area coming up. Put down below, what are you training for? And uh, is heat something like, ooh, how can I even train? I'm like running right now and I'm having a hard time. How could I run after a 56 mile bike for a 70.3? Is that, is that one of those things that you guys are thinking about? 
I bet. Sharon so, says she's doing 70.3 hours. There's Lubbock. Right. Right. Stephanie's doing Lubbock, yes. So uh so how are you training? So today is gonna be very valuable because you know we're gonna talk about top five effective tips of how to train and how to execute your race. You're gonna find a lot of valuable things today and make sure to take notes. So if you have pen and paper, uh, put down notes, tell us, you know, this is more of an engage, engaging training wherein um, we ask you what you, you know, your questions, you know, bring it up and then we'll discuss over. And we have Scott here from Georgia, who's been racing and crushing and crushing his races in just like within a month. I mean, it's unbelievable. Who even does that? Like, how could he recover? And we hopefully we have time to actually touch base on that one of how he had done it. Okay. But, uh, but without waiting further, let's introduce Scott from Georgia. Hello, Scott. How are you doing? Actually from Mexico, because right now, <laughs> right now he's in Mexico right now. How are you doing, Chan? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm on vacation finally. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me uh, tell you what happened to Scott <laughs> just just recently. And uh, what I'm about to share to you right now is actually his time. He raced uh, Chattanooga 70.3. Anyone who raced just last weekend or yes. anyone who's in who was in Chattanooga just last weekend, 70.3. I know there's other races. Anyone who raced last weekend, whatever that mm -hmm. is, how was that for you? Was it hot? Yeah, it was hot, right? <laughs> I did race actually also, it was a trail run, uh, but I'm sure you guys had a much better time right here. So this was his time, 38 minutes on a swim, bike 241, run 146, 515. He PR'd basically almost actually all, and he'll tell us more about it. Uh, 458, a PR on transition one, PR on transition two. Nice. Awesome. And uh, so, so, but before that, before that, two weeks prior to that, he did other things. Okay. So let's see. So this was actually that poster that we made for him. Okay. That was his times. That was just last weekend. Uh, congratulations, Scott. And then this one was two weeks prior. Okay. So he was at Gulf Coast. He did the bike portion, which he also PR'd on his bike. So what he did, he couldn't believe. You know, he said, Coach Shangri-La, never have I ever averaged 22 miles per hour, let alone 23. He was being humble because it was actually almost 24. It was 23.77 miles per hour. So by PR and his relay team won, won as a champion, overall team champion. That is so cool. So this one was two weeks prior to this Ironman 70.3 Chattanooga. But then two weeks prior to this, he also did another thing. <laughs> Again, this is within a month, okay? So this one was about, you know, end of April. He did, again, he did uh, with a relay team, Ragnar relay team. Uh, they also won second overall team champion, mixed team course record. And, uh, you know, he was running uh, pretty fast that time. He had a great time, okay? Wow, that's so cool. So that must be a really, really good feeling, Scott. <laughs> I mean, it's like back to back, how, how, you know, like you race, okay, recover, go back to work, you race, recover, go back to work. Is that your, your lifestyle now, Scott? <laughs> yeah. Just run, eat, sleep, recover, run. Yeah, all that. Um, it just a continuous cycle for me. And, um, you know, I spent most of the, the off season training hard. So now we're getting 
into race season and just kind of taking advantage of a number of different opportunities to just enjoy some of these, you know, the trail racing, the, the relay that we did in Gulf Coast, and then, of course, the, the 70.3. And, Coach, I would say that Panama City race at Gulf Coast, I think that was hotter than hotter. Uh, than Chattanooga. Yeah, just we didn't have all three disciplines there because the swim was canceled. Okay. All right. Did you guys get that one? Hopefully you're getting us a little, uh, you know, the, the, the connection there, Scott, but we're so far I'm getting it. So let's see. I did. Uh, I'm going to recall this one. So first of all, how did uh, we met? Uh, how did we meet Scott? Honestly, we haven't met her, him in person. <laughs> it is still yet about to come. He's been with us for uh, uh, at least one year. OK, but within at least one year, he has gotten a lot. He, we met him in Ironman and Beyond. He was one of you guys. So if you guys are in Ironman and Beyond, he was there for, I think, for a couple of years and just, uh, you know, watching, you know, checking out the group. And then, um, yeah, and he actually, you know, uh, this was one of his times when, before he got the coaching, 553, okay? And this is Chattanooga of last year. Chattanooga, she, he, on his post here, it was just uh, May 22nd, right after the race, he was comparing his times of 553 last year before coaching. And this one was actually just last October. He got a PR, October, 537. It was just October. And this one, 515. Tell us more about this one. Like, what, 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 how do you compare the, uh, the Chattanooga of last year, your experience, and then your experience this year? It's a great question. Um, last year, the, the weather conditions were basically the same as this year. So I had that experience going for me. Um, but overall, I just had so much better preparation and, you know, another experience of dealing with the elements um, and structured training. I think that was one of the biggest parts about my improvement, whether it was within Memphis or the year over year results you just showed from Chattanooga. Um, I was here just like all you guys. And I was here in Ironman and Beyond for, I think, 12, 18 months. And I came back from that race feeling terrible, very disappointed because it was my worst finish in a 70.3. And I said, I've got to do something different. And uh, that's when I reached out and joined the Feisty Fox Coaching. What happened on that last year? You said it, it was a, one of the, is that worst race, 70 point? That, was that your first one? How, how was, does that feel? Was that in the run portion that was horrible? That, that was one of the things there was I had a, a very good, bike my swim was much lower but the bike was good and when i got into the run i lost it in the first three miles it was a, a different experience because i felt good going into that first mile or two but i just did not have a very good plan um, or execute on the plan that i did have and i went out way too hard for the conditions and, and just really didn't have the level of mental fitness and, and nutrition and hydration and, and just overall plan to execute and just I'd say failed miserably. And for the next 10, the next 10 miles was probably the hardest 10 miles I had ever ran up at that point in my life. Wow. It was, it was like a lot of three. suffering. <laughs> suffering <laughs> is the way I'd explain it. The last 10 miles. Yes. That's actually quite common, isn't it? Like, um, anyone here who has been having a hard time on your running portion, you know, mm -hmm. like 
you're you're pretty strong in the back you like you just you know some some of you guys like i heard a lot of like i just want to get sub six i know i'm that close i'm like 605 but then you know like i got it like the swimming i'm strong in swimming i'm strong on biking but then bam something happened on the run and it's just it's not in some some athletes would say it's not my day something went wrong oh i just need to get back to that one and then they try again another race and it doesn't show up so are you guys feeling this one have you guys had this uh, you know similar experience that uh scott had uh, you know had experience uh, last year okay comment yeah. comment on Let's you know if you guys it. can relate and how was that for you how was that for you and then scott you mentioned that you didn't you you wanted something more you wanted something different you wanted some a better outcome and why did you need Pacific coaching for that what was the decision there? What were you hoping to get? Well, I, yeah. Um, so the first couple of tries that I did, I was using training plans that I would get from the internet. You know, there's a number of sources out there you can get just a training plan. And I was following those and thought I was actually improving well, but all that really helped me with was the workout that I was executing. It wasn't giving me the other tools for me to be successful. Got it. Well, I wanted to show you some snippet. The other, I think we're going to be uh -oh. going to shortly. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, no, that's true. Because we're going to go back to the topic of what we just talked about. So, so let me, uh, let me make sure that uh, those who are just joining in, tell us hashtag live, if you're just joining in. So we know that you're listening to live and or if you're just, you know, uh, listening to this one as hash put hashtag replay, if you're listening to replay. So for those who are just joining in five practical tips for a successful 70.3 when expecting hot weather, we do think that uh, Scott's experience, considering that what he did was 515 way, way much better, you know, about 22 minutes, okay, prior to his uh, 70.3, uh, just October, and then 38 minutes faster on the same course. I do think that he learned a lot. And then, so what we, what we're going to break down today are what are the five top effective tips that you guys can, uh, tackle on or like start applying right now, not necessarily at the race. You guys are ready for this. Who wants, who wants to hear now? Like we want to race and we want some, some hands here. So we know that you guys can actually hear us you know, tell us you're there. <laughs> this is, you know, again, this is a like give and take. Uh, we're, uh, Vineta and I keep looking at the actual, uh, the chat so we I can see, actually. I see Neil saying yes, Veronica right. saying yes. Awesome. All right. Okay. So, well, first you talk about, you mentioned about nutrition earlier. You mentioned about nutrition mm -hmm. earlier. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, five practical tips is one, train your nutrition and make sure to execute it. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. Is that, uh, let me show you, let me show you of, of Scott, Scott. And he actually, uh, he actually shared this one. This is one of the, the ways that we actually help our athletes. We go by details, you know, we don't go like, okay, what are we going to do? So here you go. So uh, it goes from, I'm trying to make it larger here. Okay, so hopefully, yeah, so it goes from like the plans here, you know, like the schedule, what is he going to do on every hour, every minute, there's breakfast, what, are you gonna, what is he going to eat, um, the times, the, so basically what we're trying to tell here is that he knows the what, the, the amount, and the timing, 
of his nutrition We're of his about- nutrition during yeah. the race before as well is that what happened on your race uh scott yeah that's exactly and, and you mentioned the times there and in some ways <laughs> I, i feel like i'm being um facetious sometimes but it's it's trying to be precise and if you go back to that you can see where i was looking at what i'm doing some so four o'clock i'm going to wake up i'm going to finish breakfast by this time and how much of what i'm going to have and and that's just race day this plan actually started for me well before race day so what i'm just showing you there is just race day execution but my race my race day plan really starts a week before and you know for me is you want to test that nutrition weeks before and then that week of race week you know you've got to be disciplined and focused on your diet and fuel just as you would your training plan and looking and giving it the same amount of of effort and focus or again you're not fueling your body to get your best results yes that is very different than figuring out your nutrition the week before yeah, which uh, or or on the day of kind of looking at the bars what they have you so know? tell us why do you do that well like why do you have to prepare first, all the way weeks weeks prior and were you doing that like last year what change what made you do that i wasn't so i would go into a 70.3 with like Gatorade fuel bars tied to my you know taped to my bike and shot blocks here and stuff there and i go well i'm going to i'm going to eat what i feel like eating Uh-huh. And it's funny because I still see people doing exactly this. They they go into a race and they say, "I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to plan when I'm out there." So I'm going to take what I think I might want even if I don't need it. So instead of just forcing themselves to have a plan and test it during training, they're trying to figure it out while they're out on the bike or out on the run, and it just simply won't work for you, especially when it's hot. If you look back at my um my meal plan, Mm-hmm. from the time that i enter the water to the time i get out i'm not eating any solid substance so everything there is is consumed through um either drinking or hydrogels mm-hmm. yep but just take note he trained for it so so like for you guys you it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. your nutrition is you know but you got to train for it and it's not on the race day, on the race week when you're trying to figure it out you got to train for it it's and also it's not just also the uh you know the what the amount and timing is important and then dialing it in okay so now uh, and i think we're going to we're going to really see what the pur- purpose and the effect of that was as he as he keeps telling the story of of this race yeah um the next one is that like what do we do like for example when you are you know one of the things that I, a lot of athletes for example they feel good like they get out of the they get out of the swim they feel good they they're not thirsty you know they're not thirsty and then they like okay i'm going to just wait and then now the nutrition doesn't go like doesn't get executed that's something that we also want to watch out right especially there's but looks like scott is frozen hopefully uh scott will go back all right scott all right so i'm gonna add that i'm gonna add or even oh we're losing scott we're losing scott so let me while while we're trying to get back scott there so i'm gonna fill in so yeah definitely when you are racing you just stay with the plan you know if you've been training for it 
if you've been training for it and you know it on by the hour, whatever that is, you gotta, you gotta be on top of it. And you gotta know every hour, you know, by every hour, what that means is that you wanna know of like, okay, what have I been drinking? What have I been eating? How many calories? How much carbs have I been drinking? How about electrolyte? Those are the most important thing, mm -hmm. all right? So now the next thing is that if you guys wanna go deep dive more on the nutrition, we do have another free training on that. So go ahead and put hashtag nutrition down below if you guys wanna dig deep dive more of about nutrition because we're gonna go on the next one. Hopefully Scott's coming back, but we're gonna continue on this, all right? Well, the next one- Tip right. number two, yes. The next one. And uh, the next one is ice is your friend. Ice is your friend. All right. Whenever I go to the races that I've gone through, especially like really humid, hot, and then just or just in the desert, okay, or just in the desert. So ice is your friend. Welcome back, my friend. <laughs> We're talking about ice. Hopefully you you're gonna come back in. So ice is your friend. So cold water, okay. So especially, um, so here here are some tips, okay. So, you know, what I would do is that like put my ice, um, you know, just half water into the freezer overnight, get that in. So at least you pack it, you put in your, um, in, in your special needs or your bag. Okay. So at least when you get it with you, it's already, it's still cold. And that would be a good one, especially on um, when you are racing on the bike. Okay. So is that something that you did also, Scott? Let me uh, unmute you. So hopefully you are able to talk. And. Okay, we'll try a little later. All right, like we're gonna continue on. Still frozen a little bit. Okay, okay. so. Like the ice. <laughs> oh my goodness. So now the, 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 the spot is on me. <laughs> let's go, let's continue. All right, so, so um, yeah, uh, ice, ice is your friend. So. You know, I strongly recommend, you know, like on, on the bike part, okay, if, if someone's offering you some ice water there, grab it just to, uh, you can pour it in your, uh, in your head, anything, because guess what, when you're in a hot weather, you want to keep your core cool, you want to keep your body temperature as low as possible. Why? Because if it's hot, your body's working harder to cool you off okay to cool you off well we need your we need your energy be distributed more on actually digesting your food okay getting that hard intensity okay so as much as possible we don't want your body to be working so hard and then having your body to be cooling off you know in a hot weather is another work so definitely grab a nice now when it comes to all right, Scott's coming back again. So when it comes to run, then that's a lot more important, okay? And I've used ice a lot. And actually, like for example, on my 23 Ironman in 34 days, that was only 2020, I have my support crew. I have my support. And actually, not just that. When I was in Red Bull Trans-Siberian Extreme in Russia, when it, where it was so humid and hot, ice was my friend. You know, we may not have, like, for example, we may not have the real ice, but we have portable ice. It's like, I, I gotta I have ice <laughs> whenever I race, especially when it's hot, not necessarily just to cool off. Guess what? That's actually gonna help you, you know, uh, lower any chances of inflammation, all right? So, so for example, let's just say, oh, something, you know, like if you can grab ice, grab ice, put in your, you know, inside your jersey, or like, for example, something's getting tight in your glute, put ice there, put ice all over. 
And uh, during the run portion, during the run portion, yes, ice is your friend. And especially on a 70.3, 70.3 is hot. I mean, you got to be able to calculate it already by the time uh, by the time that you're actually running. Okay. Guess what? You calculate, you'll be running around 11 a.m., noon, 1 p.m., 2 p.m. I mean, you already like biked uh, 56 miles. I mean, just put yourself in there. Are you ready for that heat? So ice is your friend, chew ice. I've done that. James says he had volunteers dump handfuls of yes, ice. Yes, grab shirt it. On the run when it's hot. Yep, totally agree. Everything, I, you know, what I would do is like, I'll grab, you got ice water, boom. All right, I will be running. Okay, I'm gonna go grab again. And then I would choose sometimes I don't even feel my my lips anymore because it's full of ice. I don't care, you know, but it's just the thing about it is that because when you're chewing ice, you're kind of you're also, you know, you're getting in those uh, water liquid. OK, so that's great. And also, if you can grab towel with ice, have it there. OK, and if, um, so so ice is your friend and other things also that I've done. Is like, for example, let's just say, and it's actually gonna help you out in terms of lasting long, especially if you're hurting already, you know, hopefully not. Okay, so if you're getting tight, you know, if you're getting tight already, just grab ice, put in your, your shorts. All right, try it out. I know you're gonna get faster. All right, so hopefully okay. I'm hearing some sounds from Scott and uh, let's see if you can take a video. If not, if that's too bad, but I- I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave the video off. I think All it's- right. um, the Wi-Fi is not working, so I'm going to try to just make the uh, rest of the call here. Sure, um, sure. To talk about ice, just a couple of things here from sure. Chattanooga and other yeah. races I've done is you talked about freezing the water bottle for the bike, but I will freeze a water bottle, just like a Dasani or some type of disposable water bottle. Mm -hmm. And when I when I run out of of T2 and I go to start my run, I have that bottle in my hand. And if you freeze it the night before and just leave it in your tri bag or in your kit, it'll stay very cold, if not even partially frozen. So when you run out, you have ice cold water in your hand. Yep. The other thing, if you've raced recently and you've raced in hot conditions, you'll notice that as the race goes on, the fluids that the aid stations are handing out become warmer and warmer because mm -hmm. the ambient temperature is going up and they start losing ice. And they, especially yep. in a big race, mm -hmm. like in Chattanooga or Augusta. So these are some common hot races. Yep. The, the, um, they're not able to actually cool the water before they mix it with their Gatorade and they're just giving you warm water. So ice is your friends. Coach said it 10 times. It is your friends. The other thing that <laughs> I did is I took a Ziploc bag and when I came yes, through transition, yeah. I would, I would fill it with ice. <laughs> yeah. You're smart, Scott. Um, for the ladies there, you got your sports bra. Put it in your sports prep. I've done it. <laughs> so you guys are jealous <laughs> because I got, I got my core. You know, like basically, I just want, I just want to keep myself cool. All right. Good. Thanks, Scott. All right. So next thing. All right. Um, train for it. Okay, train hardest. Tip number three. That's tip number three. Take advantage of the heat and humidity in training. Stop complaining <laughs> during training. Oh, it's getting hot. You know what? You sign up for a hot race. You, your body has to adapt to it. Okay. And it's not just physically, but also, you know, mentally. When you guys get used to it, that hot is, becomes normal. Okay. So you're saying train for the hot. Yeah. Simulate, simulate the condition of the race. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
um, so that you can smile on the race day. Um, Scott, you want to say something about that? You used your golf, golf course 70.3 bike as a training, not necessarily, but you won, right? You got 22, uh, 23.7 uh, on two weeks prior. That was 56 mile, um, wherein you won there. That's pretty much a very good training. But what Scott had done also is that he went to the course and actually biked, biked it, biked the course, suck it up, practice his nutrition. Like if you really want to get your goal, you gotta, you gotta do whatever it takes. But of course that's, that comes with a uh, balance in life. So Scott, what did you do in training? How'd you train? <laughs> How did you do it? How is it different from last year? Yeah, this is a great uh, topic here. And I hope everybody's is still listening in, but acclimate to your race situation. And even those, I heard somebody is running um, Oregon, you know, it's not going to be super hot there, but it's still going to be warm. It's still summer and it may be warm for you, but um, I like to sleep in at least one day of my weekend. So when I go to do my Sunday long run, many times this is an interval run and I'm showing up to the track when everybody else is leaving. And I talked to some other people and are like, oh, I would never do that. And you know what? You're not going to get your results if you don't. And I hear people say, well, I do my brick and it's warm when I do my brick, but you're running at a low intensity. And I feel mm -hmm. one of the things that really helped me in Chattanooga and some of these other races where it was hot, even Ragnar was really warm, is I'm showing up on Sunday at 11 o'clock in the morning to start my run and finishing at one. Well, guess what time you're running your 70.3? You're running at 11, 12, one, maybe two o'clock. And if you're running in that same temperature, it'll pay off on race day. And not just go run, run with some intensity, put some tempo in there or do some you know, interval-based training that's high intensity because that's what's going to show up on race day. Again, simulate that race environment. Yep, yep. You said it. You said it. So did you do that last year, uh, Scott? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. Not at all? Not at, Not all. at all? Not at all. No. Okay. No, that was new this year. Was it because you wanted your goal so badly or you just didn't know how or you didn't think about it? Uh, at first it was by accident because I would be, you know, Saturday, I would, I would try to beat the heat a little bit and get out on my long bike ride. So, you know, yeah. four five, six hours for Ironman full distance training. Um, it's one, two o'clock when we're finishing that. So just trying to get out so that I can get home before three or four o'clock. So on Sunday, it would take me a little bit of extra time to just wake up and kind of get going and, and you know, plan for my, my uh, training that I was doing that day. Mm -hmm. And it would be 9, 10, 11 o'clock before I even got to the track and you're doing a two hour workout. Mm -hmm. So uh, much like this morning, I flew in late last night. There was no way I was waking up at six o'clock this morning to get out and do my run. So when I went out to do my run, the temperature said it felt like 95 degrees with the humidity, mm -hmm. which was uh, which was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, you have had a lot of practice on that already. Embrace the sun. But <laughs> embrace it and you know again the, the more you embrace it during training you will suffer less during race day when you want to show up when when i was running chattanooga i was passing people in waves who were you could tell hadn't gone maybe a four mile brick in the hot heat and never did they show up and, and do something in the middle of the day or maybe they did one or two but not enough to really acclimate themselves for 13.1 um those those need to show up on uh, in your training plan Yep, agree. 
totally. Uh, I'm going to tie something in there that we mentioned earlier. So Scott mentioned about, you know, train, train, uh, wherein you're simulating the environment of your race, right? And then at the same time with the intensity, right? But the next thing also is that you got to train with the nutrition still. Some mountains would just train their nutrition and then they don't train intensity. And they're like, I did my training on nutrition coach. How come it didn't work? <laughs> because you have to train everything with actually the five things, you know, your mindset, your training, training itself, you know, the bike, the run, the nutrition itself, right? And as Scott had mentioned there is the recovery part. He had to make sure that he's recovering because if he did not recover the day before, he's not ready for that hard training, I doubt that he would be able to really like get to the point that where he can really push himself and get a high quality workout. So that's, that's basically what he's training during on, you know, not necessarily just on weekends, basically those key workouts. He's training his race strategy, like all, it's a combination of all those things. It's not necessarily, okay, I'm just gonna do a half marathon or a 10 mile, I finished a distance. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So I hope you guys are getting on that one. Okay. If not, rewind. Okay. Take notes. It has to be a combination. Good. Um, Scott, there's another thing also that you, you did mention. Um, what about making your running or your cycling easier rather than working hard? You mentioned about uh, technique portion. How, have you been also doing that to help you out? Yeah, so both run and in the bike, you know, focusing in on pacing and technique. And, um, you know, there's parts where you get into your cycle. And again, you start out, you come out of that, you come out of that swim and you're feeling good. You, you haven't really, you know, hopefully worn out your, your quads too much when you're, when you're on the, on the swim with a lot of kick. Yeah. And you come into that bike and, you know, it does take a little bit of adjustment. Your hip flexors need to unwind and, and get settled in for that. And, but staying within that technique and good form, getting into your aero position and doing those long rides in your race position. Um, it's easy to, to get up on your bars and you know, feel more relaxed, but train how you want to perform. And um, focus, you know, again, focusing on that as well as the pacing. There was um, a book I read about a swimmer who, who swam around the, um, the, the around England and um, yeah, you know the book, you know the book, yeah. So it's called uh, The Art of Resilience. Yeah. And he, the whole time just talks about impeccable pacing. And the last couple of rides that, and, and races I've done, I've just thought in my head, just, just focus on the form, just impeccable pacing, just pace yourself. You can, you can lose this race, you can lose this opportunity to do well in the first few miles, but pace yourself for the longer distance. When I came out of the swim, in Chattanooga, I knew right there that I had a PR type of day in front of me if I was able to keep it together. So mm -hmm. I pushed myself up to a point where I felt comfortable in the first half of this of the ride. And then as I got to the back half, in you know, the second half there, that's when I started to pick it up into the point where, okay, I know I can, you know, I feel pretty good. And I know at this pace, I can add a little bit more, I can add a little bit more. And I use that exact same strategy in the run. The first loop, I stayed with the, that impeccable pacing, slow myself down, intentionally slow myself down. I even put in a walk break on a major hill because it really doesn't provide much value to run it. 
but still it gave me something to look forward to knowing that in my mind, I'd already determined I want to, I want to walk that hill, no matter how I feel, I want to walk it, recover a little bit and then go hard again. And, but keep that pacing, don't overdo it. And then just again, getting that second half of the run and everything still kept together and just keep going. I've got that. So that is the fourth tip. Pace yourself and maintain impeccable, 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 technique. impeccable pacing, impeccable pacing <laughs> technique. All yes. right. So who has, who has had this be your downfall when you kind of burned yourself out in the first few miles? What has happened? What, well, yeah, let's let's share some experiences in the comments if this has been a tough spot for you. OK, oh, here. Is a uh, has you know like you are a triathlete you know well you're ra you're racing a triathlon that means that you know you want to be good in all three sports as much as possible <laughs> depending on your training that's what you want that's what you aim for so like for example if you are a strong cyclist you know well yes let's make you be a stronger triathlete where and you're looking into like extending that that strength. Mm -hmm in you're actually still sustaining your speed on the run portion and not necessarily walking it. Okay. So if you are just joining in right now, we're talking about five top effective tips that you're going to be able to use on a hot 70.3 distance or longer. And we are on tip number four so, already. Yeah. Tip number four was that pace yourself and have an impeccable technique. Uh, maintaining your form, especially because when it, when it gets hard, that's when you actually, you know, keep it together because it gets harder and harder and the technique, the technique, the proper technique of cycling, running will help you out. Well, of course, swimming as well. Okay. So in, in terms of like sustaining it to get your speed um, still good. All right. Last but not the least. Well, uh, hold oh, on. Sure. Uh, let me mention one thing. This is extremely visible in the swim, swim part, actually. Uh, when you start way too fast, you get super anxious. You get like your, your breathing's out of control. Like this is very visible in the in the swim, and you see it right away. But this happens in all the, all the parts. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. Next, uh, top five. Top five. Check your gears. Check your gears. You want to say something about that, Scott? Absolutely. Um, so make sure you've got a kit that will fit you that fits properly and is you know made out of a material that is fast drying <clears throat> so i was on i was on the bike ride and i passed a guy wearing a cotton t-shirt and i actually called oh, him out so what are you so what are you doing <laughs> and um I, I just couldn't believe it still that we we see cyc someone cycling in a cotton t-shirt but yeah. you know i love my wool socks i love my tri kit uh one of the things about my tri kit it unzips all, you know, down okay. to the to the navel, which is, you know, kind of, I guess you can actually go a little further now in, in the triathlon, in the Ironman. But having a, a suit that will absorb the moisture and, you know, coming back to what we talked about with the run about putting ice on your body, well, all that water is going somewhere. And if you've got a kit that's fast drying, you can ice yourself down, you can splash yourself with water and not worry about you know, getting chafing or something, you know, else going wrong with your day. So that's, that's one of my big things there. I like to wear a visor on race day. I never wear a hat or visor unless it's raining or on race day and it's hot. Shaves my face, makes me feel cooler. Um, and in those kinds of moments, it's about how you feel. 
You guys saw here. He's Gears. He's, he's modeling it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Right put that there. up there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how he finished. That's how he enjoys a five fifteen finish. It's really like when you like embrace the suck during training, and here you go. You got nice pose poses, smiling all the way through. How do you describe your finish? Like all throughout the race, how do you describe it? That uh, that Chattanooga. You know, just the, the entire start to finish and, and Veneta hit on something there too, is starting with the swim on pacing. We didn't really talk about that because we were talking mostly sure, about the heat, but you know, start, start the finish. You know, that was my goal was get halfway through each one of these disciplines and then go. When we talked about, um, you mentioned in the beginning about my, my PR uh, cycle time in Panama city was almost 24 miles an hour. In Chattanooga, mm -hmm. I was just over 21. So I reset my expectations mentally. You know, the course there is actually really fast. Even though it's hilly, it's a good hill. You can use one downhill to help you on the next uphill. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually a really nice bike course. It's like a roll. But <laughs> yeah, the it, it is. It, it really is. You can use a lot of that speed and momentum from one hill to the next or use for recovery on the downhills after a few of the larger ones. Yeah. But was able to just back that down again, reset expectations, because I felt like there was this razor's edge of if I push this for 10 seconds more a mile, I might blow up. And mm -hmm. the, the, the closer I got to the finish line of, of, the, of the, the bike, you know, I started to increase my tempo and increase my pace a little bit all the way up to the end. So I had a strong finish had a strong finish on the swim, had a strong finish on the bike. And then you see me jumping across the finish line because I had a strong yeah. finish on the run. Right. I felt like I could have ran, could have ran 10 more miles there. Um, <laughs> it, it felt really good all the way through. Um, I went that entire race competing how I feel, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of changed my strategy over the last, um, several months about training and racing, how I feel. And that's maybe showing up in my results much better than trying to just hit this target pace. And um, the interesting part there is my my times have actually decreased uh, using that as a strategy. We mentioned a lot about that in terms of thought process. So I hope you guys are, are getting those, like how mm -hmm. the thinking process at the race, meaning being uh, flexible in terms of your expectation, depending on the race circumstances mm -hmm. or how you feel during the race or how the weather is. So you, you got to have like, uh, okay, what's the plan B or like, like really be realistic to it on one of, uh, on his race report in our community, he said, I need to say that this was the most prepared race I've ever experienced. <laughs> I'm trying to understand this, but you may want to explain this. <laughs> this felt like running a 5k after training for a half marathon. What does that mean? <laughs> Tell us well, more about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it just felt easy you know, the entire way, start to finish. And if, if you've competed in a longer distance event and you go run something shorter, you know, it feels, it feels much easier. You, you have the confidence to be able to go run that event. So if you train for a half marathon, a 5k or 10k might feel easier to you. Sure. Um, we talked about, we went and competed in the Gulf coast. So I had that 56 mile bike ride. I, I went and did the test ride on Chattanooga course. We actually ran a little bit of the course. Yeah. Um, we trained in the heat. Um, yeah. I felt good about my swim. So it just, you, we put in the work and I put a plan together. You showed a plan earlier. It was down to the second, um, 
on some of these. And, and I felt like a 519 was actually very aggressive. <laughs> so yeah, I'm about to show that. So, you know, <clears throat> like, uh, with our, all our athletes, again, it's not just about training. We want to plan ahead, you know, plan how we want to finish, do the best we can or what we can control right now. And part of it is actually, you know, the schedule part, you know, that, that I'm showing again right now. Okay. Why do we want to do this schedule? It actually frees up your brain, brain space where, and you don't have to think you just want to, you know, you just want to enjoy the race. And then when you're actually doing this one during training, now you're automating yourself doing these things. It becomes automated. It becomes a habit. Now it's much easier for your brain. Now you can focus more on actually executing the race itself and enjoying and smiling like what Scott was doing. One of the things that he, he also put here, because I only asked for schedules. And when, 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 he, when he actually put this one up in our community, okay, uh, this is where the part, okay, giving feedback, like what works, right? So now right here, he actually even put here 519. That was, he beat, he's, Expected goal time, 5.19. Tell us more about that, Scott. <laughs> Were you trying to beat your expected goal time of 5.19 because you got 5.15? I didn't even I didn't even think it was – well, I wasn't really checking my watch while I was on the bike. I mean, I kind of had an idea because, you know, it pops up every you know, year five miles and tells you your pace. And, but I wasn't, wasn't putting it together until I was about halfway through the race uh, on the run, and I realized that, if I keep this up, I can hit maybe a 5.20. And I kept getting closer and I was like, no, wait a minute, maybe I'm in that 5.17, 5.18 range. And uh, yeah, it was the last two miles. I'm like, I, I only got uh, maybe 15 minutes to go. Let's just, let's just increase the cadence here and keep it. Um, Cause you come up off a big hill there at about mile 10, 10 and a half. And then it's just, you know, you, you got a little bit of downhill and it's like, let's just keep the cadence and, push to the end and then you got a big downhill finish and I just jogged, you know, and see jogging, but just cruise it in um, and hit the finish line. I'm like, how did this even happen? Um, because when I put the 519, the weather forecast was supposed to be like 80 and cloudy and even some rain. Wow. So okay. it's different. <laughs> so when, when we saw the race day forecast, it showed sunny up to about noon and then rain. So we knew it was going to be warm. And I thought maybe 525 based on the uh, current forecast. And again, I talked earlier about resetting expectations. That's exactly what I did at that moment was I thought 519, okay, put that aside. 525 is my new goal time today. So to hit 515 on that day, on that time with that hot weather was um I wouldn't say surprising because I did put in the work, but it, it was a major accomplishment in, in my book. So nice. I mean, we've been talking about this 515, 538, uh, five. It sounds really amazing. That's not what we want to talk about, but this one here, uh, 515. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I'm sure everyone's curious. I mean, when did you start racing 70.3, Scott? I did my first um, in Augusta in 2018. And then I did a, yep, I did a second one in 2019 in Virginia. And both of those events were hot. Augusta was a hundred. It was a hundred on the run. And Virginia wow. wasn't super hot, but I remember it being just so humid. You could actually see the moisture in the air. And um, that was May. But then we had a two-year break with COVID. And we really didn't do any kind of endurance racing for two years. 
So last year at Chattanooga was kind of my comeback race. And I trained more than I ever had. I had actually, yeah, I actually put in more miles, more pool time. And that race was worse for me. And again, that's where I mentioned earlier was I've been following the same group that you're in right now and said, something's got to change. If I'm, if I'm putting in this much work for less results, I've got to do something different. Gotcha. Um, well, so let's summarize this one. What are the five top, uh, top five effective? If you know those top five, I want you guys to be putting it down. Yes, let's let's see if everybody remembers. Okay, Who so top let's, one, let's top one. The, the, what you guys get in the comments? So Scott and I will, can check, and Vinata as well. You know, like, yes. you, are you guys are you guys learning from this? Uh, put hashtag value. If you guys want to know more about the uh, the nutrition earlier, you know, hashtag nutrition. Okay. Let's see the five. Um, so we have a free tips. training on that. Um, so oh, I did just mentioned. Okay, so what what are the top five effective tips? While while people uh, have time to put that in, uh, I have a question for for no. Scott. Yeah, I have a question for Scott. Scott. Scott, what yeah. made the biggest difference for you for this particular race working together with the Feisty Fox team? That's a tough one because there's so many important tools that that we have here. Um, for me, I think it's training plan and the recovery that goes along with it. I set some pretty aggressive goals for myself and I compete in a lot of races. Um, coach knows how much I love to sign up for races <laughs> and being able to put together a training plan where you can continue to improve but still go out every two weeks and, and race with your friends and have fun is I think the most important thing to me. And of course, it's even more fun when you can get a podium spot or take home, a, take home a, you know, a top award. So those things have been um, something that I haven't realized in the past. And this year, just over the last year, um, we've, we've had a number of, of successful events where um, those, those training plans of putting it in and putting it all together um, has has been, I'd probably say, this is the most important thing. Just between, I'd say, the combination of all those things. Like we talk about nutrition, we talk about hydration, but how to actually make it all work as like one ecosystem that you live in is, right. I'd say, the yeah. The, Scott, the puzzle is finally coming together, not just these separate elements that you kind of just grab, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean. People yeah. talk about like, I've got a plan. Oh, I do nutrition, but they don't really think about what they need until their race kind of falls apart. And that's when they want to make a plan. And that's obviously way too late in the game. You can make some audibles, but you're, you're in for a longer day and in for a less enjoyable time. Sure. I mean, yes, we want to finish and we get to the finish line and we feel good about the accomplishment, but you can make a whole different race out of it. Scott, you mentioned about training plan, but then, you know, at the same time, you know, I'm sure everyone's curious, but I got a training plan. Like why, why yours is, what do you think is different? Because knowing you were using a training plan somewhere else, you know, before Feisty Fox coaching, how is it different? One just, of the first things, yeah. One of the first things was about technique. So I would have a training plan that I would, you can get from training peaks and, you know, it outlines a workout, but like I was not that great of a swimmer. So we focused on specific technique drills to help me not only just get better in the water, but more comfortable in different disciplines of that. So there's so much for me to learn on technique. I, I pulled this training plan. I'm like, I don't know what any of these things mean. 
And one of the things with your training plan that was much different was here's what I want you to do. And then here's a video that I've created in the pool that shows you exactly how to do it. So I would like have a reference of what I should be doing and see the exact movements on how to execute those drills. And the same thing with, um, with the run, right? So I'd go out to the track and it would give me a workout and it would say, go run, you know, six, eight hundreds at this pace. But the way that uh, Feisty Fox coaching has set it up is, hey, we want you to do these drills. We want you to do these movements. We want you to do these stretches. We want you to do these things before you go, even some leg strengthening routines before and after to help you get your muscles warmed up and, you know, to execute the best workout you can. Those were the things that were, I'd see making the biggest difference in my, in my speed work and my, my, my mile times and half mile times just keep coming down. So those were, again, the major differences between just getting a training plan and getting coaching. So. Gotcha. That was, that's, a, that's a very helpful distinction, I think. Scott, thanks a lot. Um, I, I wanted to show everyone also, he had mentioned about the training and then the combination of it, which is I totally agree. And this is something that I was also like clueless when I started. I was getting training plan, I had coaching, but then I had to like, hire my regist another registered dietitian. I have to hire strength trainer. I have to hire different people just to put it all together. So what we have done in Feisty Fox Coaching, we have combined training, nutrition, body maintenance, making sure that you are actually addressing your weak links even before you feel hurt, you know, like we got to address that, get them stronger, mental fitness and race strategy. Is this what you were saying earlier, Scott? The e ecosystem? Yeah. Ecosystem. Absolutely. It, it's the combination of everything. Like, so you guys are bringing experts to our weekly calls that we have within the members. So whether it's the dietitians or some of the physical therapists that I could ask specific questions yeah. without having to go get a resource of my own. So yeah. I've learned so much about how to dial in my nutrition or stay injury free. When I first joined, I was having a lot of injuries. It would be a cycle of train for three months, I'd be healthy, I'd be able to get mostly through a race, or maybe I'd be on the cusp of an injury um, because of the overtraining that I was doing. And when I was introduced to a lot of the body maintenance techniques, and again, the combination of those body maintenance techniques really showed how I could become more flexible and stay injury free over a long period of time. Good, good. Let me show you uh, what he was talking about. Also, the, uh, the demos that he was talking about with swimming. He mentioned that he's not a good swimmer, but what he got actually is, uh, yeah, so he got, hopefully I can go back there. It's 38 minutes on his swimming. That is, that's your that PR 1.2, right? <laughs> Well, I was actually a little faster in Augusta, but and that doesn't even count. Okay, that water you. is so fast. That water got is so you, fast. Gotcha, gotcha. But so year now, over year, year over year, faster. if you have it there, I think it was around eight minutes. Nice. Nice. In the same water. So uh, with the demo swim videos, uh, where is it? Swim faster technique. So we, so these are the demo videos. Unfortunately, they're not available in YouTube because they're just so good. It's only like three to five minutes. Very, 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 very mm -hmm. specific. And I continue to actually create more drills that make sense to athletes. You know, like modified this kind. This one works so you can feel your how to engage your lats, how to kick and know that you're kicking from your glutes. Basically practical practical things that you got to do for your technique. 
All right, I think uh, you guys yeah. got a lot of that one. So let's go back to the top five effective tips. Yes, okay. we had some uh, some people who wrote them down really well. Veronica was calling them out. She said, train your nutrition. Train your nutrition. She said, ice is your friend. Ice is your friend. That's she mine too. Yeah. <laughs> train, train for it. You know, train for it. Train for it. Train the hardest. You know, suck. embrace the suck. When it's hot, get out there. You know, you sign up for it. You gotta be. You gotta be able to adapt, and uh, your body has to adapt to it. You know, um, pra practicing your technique and form during the training. So by the time that you're actually at the race, you are like strong and not necessarily just working hard, but actually racing smart through proper technique. Okay. Uh, four have impeccable pace. Okay. Five gear check. Hopefully, hopefully you guys got all that. Those are the top five because Scott and I have a lot, a lot of different experience. You know, like I, I ask him, like, what's your top? What's my top? We actually agree on this top. <laughs> so you're getting the top five effective tips. These things. So, so now go back to your, you know, go back to how you're training, evaluate how you're training. How can you uh, implement what you've learned right now? And if you have any other friends who are actually racing for a 70.3, invite them to our group because that's just what we do in Ironman and beyond. We help you guys, you know, basically give you value. So at least you too, you know, can keep getting faster, stronger and enjoying, enjoying the sport that you've chosen. And it doesn't matter whether it's 70.3. I mean, it is hot there, <laughs> all right? And then so for anyone else who are athletes, like, for example, Scott, let's say, you know, like he was trying to figure it out on his own, but wasn't getting there. But now actually figure out like, hey, my life as a triathlete could be much easier with the help, you know, with Feisty Fox coaching. Or if you just want to have some tips of like, what well, coach, I don't know what to do, you know, like just uh, put... Uh, hashtag game plan down below and Vineta and I can have a 15 minute chat with you and talk about it you know like for example if you're not sure about your coach I'm not sure about my goal I'm not sure if I'm going to sign up for this one and you think I'm ready for it so those questions you know yeah just put hashtag game plan below and we can help you out put also see any blind spots we did mention earlier if I go back to that uh, let me see here uh, we're almost done so if I go back to what we address you got to make sure that you address those five things that I just mentioned. So going back here, okay, which is training, nutrition, body maintenance, mental fitness, and race strategy. You want to be able to combine this one all together and know how to execute it, not just in race, but actually in training. Okay. So, so now if you want to have like a call and for Vinera and I to actually see how your training is going, we can walk you through about how to go about this one on that 15 minute call. Just put hashtag game plan below. All right. Anything else? So let's start before we let you go, because I know you're in Mexico. You're going to enjoy another few days uh, there in Mexico. We want to ask you, like, what's the last, you know, like the top things that you may want to share with the athletes who are actually racing this summer? Is there anything else that have that we have not talked about Scott, that you want to bring up you know have fun um yes enjoy yourself that's what we're out here for you know triathlon is a close-knit community and if you're if you're struggling with something whether it's in this group or somewhere else i can promise you if you ask another triathlete they'll lend you some advice they may lend you their tire pump and 
whatever it is, they will help you out. It, it's everybody's out here for the same cause. I feel like there's a, a great bond between any anybody in, in the triathlon world. So um, coach mentioned, if you're struggling, you know, talk amongst them and, and in this group. Um, and like I said, go have fun. That's what we're here for. Thank you. I'm glad you mentioned that, Scott. Definitely have fun. Have fun like you do. <laughs> and practice your poses, too. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm yes. finished. Yeah, and have fun. All right, everyone, that's all we have today. I hope you guys learn a lot. Um, share it. Tag your friends uh, who are in this group. Invite your friends uh, to come in this group so they get access to it. But that's all we have, and we see you next week. Bye, Scott. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Later. Bye, guys. Thank you.